dismiss our children downstairs as well. We trust that God will continue to work in them as they learn. Well, good morning, everyone. This is our last week in our short series called The Work Isn't Done. The Work Isn't Done is officially done today. Terrible joke, I know. The first week, we called upon the church to devote itself to discipleship, right? We're living this year with this idea that we're called to pursue Christian maturity. And how's that going to happen? Discipleship. Each one of us giving our lives to the work of making disciples here in this local body. Last week, we talked about giving, everybody's favorite topic, right? Money, generosity, financial a giving. We did this because we know that uh, we're called to pursue Christian generosity. If there's ever a moment where we image God, it's when we give, right? Uh, in some ways, it was a second week on discipleship, where we learned that to image God is to be generous. Today, in our final week, we call on the church, we seek to mobilize the church for a deepened desire and practice of prayer. Prayer. Renovation Church, we are calling upon you to pray. We're calling upon you to pray, to seek the Father. Now in some ways, maybe it's fitting, and maybe, maybe this is like an accidental plan here we're making, Ethan. Maybe we should do a series on prayer, not just a sermon. You know, maybe something we can plan. I don't know. I just thought of it. Maybe we should do a series on prayer. Like, why pray? How to pray? What to pray? When to pray? With whom to pray? For whom to pray? We can do like eight. There was like seven weeks right there on prayer, right? Nice topical series. We're not going to do that. Not right now. Maybe later, though. Maybe. We'll see. Right? If Ethan lets me, we're going to do a series on prayer. Today we're doing a sermon on prayer. And the simple focus is this. There's certain priorities that we want to open you up to a little bit. Maybe some priorities that you already pray. Maybe this is something that's already a part of your, your prayer life. If that's so, be encouraged, be reminded, be uh, uh, you know galvanized in that. But I wonder if for some of us, these priorities are, are sadly and all too often absent. So we want to talk about certain things to pray for. Additionally, we're calling on the church to pray in a particular way. In a way that we already do. But in many ways, maybe need to double down on. And continue, maybe even in small ways, to do more. To increase in praying in this way. We want to raise the intentionality and the engagement when it comes to prayer in the life of this congregation and your life. And friends, this is all based on the scriptures. Prayer, what we pray for, how we pray, it's all based on the scriptures. In many ways, we have a book right here that can guide us and instruct us. We don't have to come up with things. It's here. What are our priorities? We turn to the scriptures 
to find out. Matter, matter of fact, we're going to look to a prayer. In many ways, we're looking to a song, a psalm, both a song and a prayer that gives us priorities in a particular way in which we pray together. I'm going to invite Austin to come forward. He's going to read the scripture, so let's turn our attention to him as he reads it for us. Good morning, everyone. Today I'll be reading from the book of Psalm, chapter 67. This is the word of the Lord. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let, him, let all the ends of the earth fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Austin. Let's pray together. Father God, we once again come to you upon hearing your word, and we ask that these words would be applied to our hearts. May the Spirit of God fill us. May the Spirit of God teach us. Make us more like Jesus. Create in us a deeper sense of dependency upon you. Shape our priorities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's something about being on top of a mountain that totally changes your perspective on life. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Right? Now, I'm not a huge outdoorsy guy, but every once in a while, I get crazy. And I go outside, and I walk outside for a long time. And sometimes I'm crazy enough to walk up outside, right? And so over the years, our family has vacationed often with my parents in Lake Placid. It's been a couple years since we've been there. One of our favorite mountains to go to the top of, mostly because you can drive up there without walking, is Whiteface. Whiteface Mountain. Raise your hand if you've been on the top of Whiteface Mountain. Raise your hand if you're glad you could drive up there. Yeah, okay. That, that little hill at the top is like, do we really? When's lunch, you know? Anyway, the point is, is this is a beautiful place. And you get a, a different perspective of a mere lake in the village of Lake Placid up there, right? I mean, most of our time when we're there is shopping, eating, taking selfies by Mere Lake, right? And then eating, and then getting a snack before dinner. Right? That's basically vacationing. Um, not to be too much like Jim Gaffigan, but it, I think he's funny because it's true. Right? But every once in a while, uh, you know, in that moment, you get kind of a different perspective. The hubbub of the village, you get the culture, you get the life, you get the, the cars and the traffic. You're on the ground. But you go to the top of Whiteface and you get a completely different perspective of reality. You see the village, you see Mirror Lake in a whole different way. There's a, there's a beauty up there. That perspective you get. There's a, there's a majesty there. The, the mundane feels so small and insignificant. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? Your life feels so small and insignificant up there. It, there's a peace there. There's a, there's a transcendence. Altitude has a way of putting life in perspective. That's what it does. It puts life 
in perspective. And as I read this psalm and considered the content of this song slash prayer, I kind of just felt like we were at the top of a mountain. The psalmist has increased our altitude. Right? He's, he's praying and singing at 10,000 feet. He's not talking about the busyness of life, the, the mundane. He's gone up a few notches. He's gone way up to get an overarching picture of the story of human history, understanding the whole story of the scriptures, and he's praying and singing about things that are 10,000 feet, that are way up there in the clouds. He's got a different kind of perspective on prayer than we're typically accustomed to. The things that he's seeking the Lord for. The things that he wants. He is praying big. He has major concerns on his mind. He has the all-encompassing priorities of the kingdom in mind as he prays and as he sings. I wonder if we could learn from him. I wonder if we could learn from the psalmist about what priorities we should have in prayer. As important as your mundane concerns are, I'm not here to dispel those things. But I wonder if we could come up a notch in altitude and get a different perspective in prayer. Let's learn from him and look at what he asked for first. Verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. In three phrases, he's asking for one thing. He says, may he bless us, may he be gracious to us, make his face shine upon us. In those three phrases, he's praying for one thing. For God to pour out his blessing on his people. That language, though, reminds us of something. Where have we heard that language before in other parts of the scripture? Or maybe even in a worship service. Oftentimes, a benediction. Where have we heard those words, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us? Number six, the ironic blessing, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This was commanded for the priests to bless the people with these words. The Lord commanded this blessing. And so the psalmist is now crying out to God for something he's commanding, something he wants to give. God wants to bless his people. The psalmist knows this. And he goes to God and he says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face to shine upon us. That language reminds us of the heart of God to bless God wants to bless, and he blesses us in prayer. This language also reveals something that may make us feel a little uncomfortable. Need. We need it. I want you to just hear that this morning. You need the grace of God. You need God to bless you. You need God's face 
to shine upon you. This is a desire, but it's also a need. It's like needs and wants intersect. The people of Israel would come to God out of their dependence and their need and say, bless us. It requires a certain amount of humility to come before God. Say, I need your blessing. I need your grace. Prayer brings us humbly to our knees in recognition that we are completely dependent upon God for his grace and his mercy and his love, that we need God. Anybody else struggle with that a little bit? Can we just be honest? During my sabbatical, I had an ongoing conversation with Brian Croft about this struggle in my life. That prayer, because he's, why do you struggle with prayer? I pray, but I struggle with it. Why do you struggle with prayer? And he's like, I want you to go and do that journaling thing with your, you know, journaling. That sounds great. It's really good. It just, again, gets at my issues. Sit down, relax, seek the Lord, and write something down. Get what's on the inside out on paper. Fine, I'll do it. I guess I'm on sabbatical. I'm supposed to do something with this, right? Those are the internal dialogues that I have. In that moment, I don't like it because you know what happens when I'm in prayer? I'm coming face to face with my inadequacy. I don't have what it takes on my own. Does that bother you or just me? Is that an uncomfortable thing to come before God in the midst of your life, in the midst of all the things that are on your mind, and just come to a humble recognition that I can't do it? That's an uncomfortable place. Every single moment of our lives, we are living in total reliance and dependency upon God. Prayer reveals need. Need is an admission of inadequacy. Friends, come to grips with it. You're inadequate. You're in need. You need God's grace. You need need God's... God's blessing. You need his face to shine upon you. Croft's encouragement to me was this. You need to come to grips with that. You need to come face to face with your limitation. You need to embrace your limits and cry out to God for blessing. Appreciated the way Paul Miller in his book, A Praying Life, talks about the opposite when you don't pray. He says this. If you're not praying then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. (sighs) Thud. Uncomfortable? We should be. Right? We spend a lot of time you know, I even think about sermon prep sometimes. I need three hours on Friday, two hours on Thursday. Right? I need time. I need talent. I just need to do, I need to work on my craft. All those things are fine. But do our knees bend? Do we cry out? Do we come in a humble awareness that we need God? Friends, in all the struggles that you are facing in life, God is the well. I want you to understand that. God is the well, and his blessing is the water that we drink. Prayer is drawing water from the well. Prayer is drawing water from the well. 
You got to admit you need it though. In pride, you're going to push against that. You got to embrace your limitation. You got to come face to face with your inadequacy. You got to embrace your limitation and say this, I need God's blessing. And then the wonderful news is, God wants to give it to you. All you got to do is ask. So seek the Lord for what you need, renovation, his blessing. Let's pray for the blessing of God this year. Can we do that? Can we seek the Lord for his blessing? On behalf of our lives, on behalf of our church, can we do that? Let's seek the Lord humbly, expectantly, in faith, that he will be gracious to us, that he will bless us, and that his face will shine upon us. Let's seek the Lord for his blessing. Verse 2 tells us why we should seek the Lord for his blessing. Because some of us don't really understand, or maybe haven't fully embraced, why God wants to bless us. What redemptive purposes he has that undergird this. What he wants to do, not just in us and provide to us, but what he wants to do through us. Look at what he says in verse 2. May you be gracious to us. May you bless us. May your face be lifted up for it. What? That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among the nations. The psalmist is drawing a connection in this prayer, this song, between the people of God being blessed and the world knowing the way of salvation. God blesses his people and he makes known his saving power to the world. That's what God's doing. That's a reality check, though, for us in this moment, right? Not everybody in the world knows the saving power of God. Let's just let that sit for a minute. And does that begin to shape our prayers? Does that begin to shape our lives, our priorities? Not everyone knows the saving power of Jesus Christ. You know it. And if you don't know it this morning, you've never heard it, you've never embraced it, do so now. Jesus has the power to save you from your sins. No one else does. And all that you're dealing with and all that you face, it is Jesus and Jesus alone that has the power to save. And he will do it if you cry out to him in faith. Do that now. Cry out to Jesus in faith. Save me, Lord, and he will. But not everyone in the world knows this. And the question becomes, well, how will they know it? How will 76% of Americans who say, I'm not born again, I'm not an evangelical, I understand those terms can be a little wacky these days. How can they come to know? You think about the conversations you have every day at work, in your neighborhood, in your family. How will these people come to know? You know who these people are. You interact with them every day. There are people in this world that tragically do not know the saving power of Jesus Christ. And how will they come to know? Through the instrumentality of his people. So we get a reality check, not everybody knows, but we also, in this moment, as the church of Jesus Christ, get an identity check. You forget who you are, people of God? Your prayers influenced by your sense of identity, and your sense of understanding of why you're here, and how God works in the world? May God bless us 
I'm sorry, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Why? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among the nations. God's design has always been to bless the world through the blessing of his people. Right? What about Abraham? Genesis 12, 2. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And all the families of the earth will be blessed. He goes on later to say. That's God's intention in blessing a people so that they would be a blessing. Do you know that about the church of Jesus Christ? We've often preached from 1 Peter chapter 2, which says this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God blesses you on purpose. He wants to use you in the world. He pours out his infinite blessing in Jesus Christ on his people, and then through the blessing of his people, the world comes to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. That's how God's going to work. He's going to reveal himself through a people he blesses in his son. Do you know that? Friends, this is central to our understanding of Renovation Church and what we're doing here in North Syracuse, Central New York, New York State, to the ends of the earth. Why we are here. We are here as God's chosen instrument in this time, in this moment, to bear witness to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why we need to ask God's blessing. That's why we gather here to worship. That's why we invest so heavily in one another. That's why we seek to live on mission. That's why we're planting churches. That's why we give financially to this work of blessing one another and giving uh, and giving across the globe and planting more churches. That's why we are here to make known the gospel of Jesus Christ to every man, woman, and child in central New York. We know who we are. We know why God has saved us, because he wants to use us. Whatever God's going to do in the world, he's primarily going to do through all of Christ's people. We've been saying that for 11 years. Oh yeah, I'm rounding up now. 11 years. You heard it. That's who we are. Are we praying according to our purpose of our existence as the people of God? We pray for God's blessing so that we can make known God's salvation. Charles Spurgeon eloquently adds, God has set a way and a method of dealing out mercy to men and women. And it is the duty and privilege of a revived church to make that way be everywhere known. This is who we are. This is our calling. This is why God blesses us. And as he blesses us, we make known the saving power of God to the world. So let's pray for the blessing of God to make known the salvation of God. Can we do that this year? Can our prayers be beyond, help me get through another day? Can they be beyond, help me pay the mortgage? Pray those things. Can they be on, I'm sick, help me to feel better? Can they be beyond, grow our business? That's good. Pray those things. But can we get up a little bit? Can we get on top of the mountain and see what this life is all about? Be blessed as the people of God so that we might be used as the people of God in this world. Can we do that?
Let's do that. Let's pray for the blessing of God to make known the salvation of God. And then what is the ultimate end that we pray for? And I'm briefly going to just shower over this verses 3 through 7. We see it. Why? What is the ultimate hope? What is the ultimate prayer? Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. How many times has the psalmist got to say it? What's it all about? It's all about worship. Do we pray that all peoples, every man, woman, and child, from here to New Zealand, I believe that's the farthest place from here, That's a long flight. You should try it sometime. 24 hours. If you're lucky, you get to stop in Tahiti on the way. Right? Anyway, rabbit trail. Bad rabbit trail. The ultimate end is worship. That all peoples would come to know that saving power. And as they come to know that saving power, that they would worship God. Are you praying that God would awaken men, women, and children to a knowledge of who he is so that he is worshipped and praised by all forever? That's what this is about, friends. It's about worship. It's about worship. That's why I'm super stoked To see Renovation Church go beyond Europe in their mission investments and begin to invest in Africa, to come alongside church in hard places, to come alongside these indigenous leaders in Mozambique, to get all the tech equipment they need to raise up these pastors and leaders so that they can bring the gospel to every man, woman, and child in Mozambique. So that Southeast Africa comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus. So that they join in the worship and the singing with all of God's people throughout all of the globe, throughout all of time. Giving him the honor and the worship that he deserves. That's what the mission of this church is all about. John Piper says mission exists. Why? Because worship doesn't. Mission exists Because worship doesn't. So let's pray for the blessing of God to fulfill the purposes of God all that uh, so that all peoples give praise to God. That's all I want you to hear this morning. Let's pray for these things. Let's pray. Spurgeon adds, our prayer and labor should be that the knowledge of salvation may become as universal as the light of the sun. Despite the gloomy notions of some, we cling to the belief that the kingdom of Christ will embrace the whole inhabitable globe and that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. For this glorious consummation, we agonize in prayer. Amen? And what does John tell us about this 
glorious consummation. Psalmist, Psalm 67, all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, and now Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. John gives us a vision, and what does he tell us? And after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's where all of history is headed. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom on the news. Disease X is coming. Maybe. But this is going to happen in the end. That prayer is heard by God. That prayer is promised by God. One day, a whole company of people from every tribe, tongue, people, nation, and language will stand before the Lamb and we will all sing a salvation that we know together and a salvation that we love and rejoice in. And we will do that forever in glory. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? Let me say it this way. You can pray this prayer with confidence. Bless your people. Use your people to make known your salvation so that you're worshipped by all people. You can pray that prayer. It'll be heard and it'll be answered. God's always going to hear that prayer. Isn't that what prayer is? Prayer is an offering up of our requests to God. Right? By the assistance of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, for things agreeable to His will. It's the intersection of wills. This is, Lord, what we want. This is what we ask. And He says, this is my will. Pray that prayer by the assistance of the Spirit. Pray it with assurance. Pray it with confidence. Bless your people. Use your people. Make known your saving power among the nations and quicken and awaken a people to worship you forever from all nations. He's going to hear that prayer. That prayer is answered. It's a done deal. So pray it with confidence. Amen? Can we pray? This year? Have I said that yet? Can we pray this year? Like, pray, yeah, we pray every year. Why don't we do this every year? Yeah, I get that. But let's, let's double down. Let's focus. Let's focus our priorities. Let's, let's head up to the top of the mountain a little bit. As we pray for our concerns, let's pray for the, for the grandiose kingdom priorities that, are, that is shaping human history. Can we do that? I know you can. Those are the things we want you to pray for. But in what way do we want you to pray? Super simple. We want you to pray together. We want you to pray these things together. 
in the same place at the same time together. We believe God moves powerfully in and through the prayers of his people. Somebody asked me at one point, hey, do we have a prayer meeting here? And I said, no, but yes. So I want to be careful what I'm saying. We don't have a prayer meeting here. But every Sunday we pray together. So it's a prayer meeting. And every time we're in a missional community, we pray together for each other. Every missional community is a prayer meeting. Right? Members meetings, what do we do? We pray together. When you guys meet together for discipleship, relationships, coffee shops, formally, informally, what are you doing for one another? I hope talking about more than the fact that the Bills may or may not win today. Tom, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about things we're struggling with. We're praying. We got prayer meetings all the time, amen? But I think it's time for a prayer meeting. We come together for the specific purpose of just praying. So we're going to do that. We're going to pray together. It's a call to corporate prayer for the priorities of the kingdom. For the blessing of the people, for the spreading of the gospel, for the worship of the nations. That's what we're going to pray for. We want to saturate the life of the church in the grace of prayer. So we're asking you, can we we take another step in this? Take another step in our commitment to the things we already are doing in our worship services, our small groups, our missional communities, our, our discipling relationships. Here's two ways that we'd like to add some corporate prayer. One is separate. Some of you are going to get me on a technicality. But at the same time. And one is together at the same time. Okay? This is something we actually did old school. It's kind of throwback reno when we first landed here in this building. We had these prayer cards. And they've magically reappeared on your seats. We have these prayer cards that outline these three priorities. And that ask us to do it at the same time. So friends, pray with us every day. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. But it doesn't have to be long. Set your alarm on your phone. Do it now. You guys are dying to touch your phones. Grab your phones. Put it in. 3.15, every day, we're going to pray. I don't care if it's for 30 seconds. I don't care if it's for 15 seconds. Lord, we pray now that you bless your people, and that as you bless your people, you make known your saving power in the lives of your people, and that all people will come to worship you as a result. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. How long was that? Can we do that every day? Oh, no, my job's really important. Okay. Then do it when you get home. I mean, if you do it at 512, I'm not going to be angry. I'm just saying. But wouldn't it be cool if at every day at 315, we did this together? Put it in your phone. Let's do it. Let's commit ourselves to it. And let's see what God does with it. Do we believe that God's going to hear this prayer? Do we have faith? Good. Let's do it. 315 every day, starting tomorrow. Not today. It's a Sabbath. 
Tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Sorry, that was another bad joke. Tomorrow. We're going to start tomorrow. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to do six concerts of prayer this year. Wow, that's a lot. It's literally like six hours this year. It's not that much. Right? Ethan, I was like, should we do it quarterly? Ethan's like, dude, it's six hours a year. I'm like, you're right. It's six hours a year. <laughs> so we're going to do it. And the first one is on March 3rd, 6 o'clock here. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. And we want every one of you to be there. We got 82 members. We should have 82 people. Well, that's, that's asking a lot. Is it? Let's do it. Some of you aren't going to make it. You can't. You got things. I get all that. But can we stop the optional silliness? We want this. These are the burdens of our heart. We offer up requests that are agreeable to the will of the Lord. This is something that we want to do. This is about Pastor Mike and guilting people or anything. This is something we live for. This is what life is all about. Because we yearn and we ache for the blessing of God. We yearn and we ache that people would come to know Jesus and his saving power. We yearn and we ache that everyone would join in the song of worshiping the great king and savior of the world. This is what we want in life. This is what it's all about. So let's pray for it. Six hours a year. Can we do it? If we don't, what are we saying? Are we saying the church just needs a little more time and a little more money and a little more talent to reach this community, to make a difference? What are we saying? Are we saying we figured it out? Are we saying we've had enough? We're settling for what God has done at Renovation Church? Friends, the work isn't done. Work isn't done. Let's not settle. Let's seek the Lord in prayer. Let's bend our knees. Let's beg our God. Do something powerful in our midst. Do something amazing in our region. Save people and get all the glory for it. Can we come together six times a year? Guys, it's not football season anymore. It's going to be okay. We can do this. We can do this. Let's pray together. Throughout history, there have been Leaders and churches and whole movements that have been birthed out of the commitment of the local church to just get together and pray. Pray. God works through it. Jonathan Edwards, great pastor here in New England, way back when, 1700s, He was a part of calling the church to prayer, a part of ushering in the great awakening where the revival of religion took place. We saw the same thing happen in England with this Northampton Baptist Association in England. What did they do? They came together to pray. That's it. Some weekly, some quarterly, some monthly. This is what he says. It is God's will through his wonderful grace that the prayers of his saints 
should be one great and principal means of carrying on the designs of Christ's kingdom in the world. When God has something very great to accomplish for his church, tis his will that there should precede it the extraordinary prayers of his people. Imagine what God would do. Read. Look at history. When God strikes the match of the Spirit in a time and place, it's never apart from prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray together for the blessing of God to fulfill the purposes of God so that all peoples give praise to God. Who's in? Let's just be like a little emotional in the moment. Who's in? (laughs) Anyway, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this simple prayer and song. May it shape us. We do make ourselves available to you. We do express our need for you. Bless us. Use us. Save the world through our testimony and receive all the glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.